0: Red Sox insider Rob Bradford on the Greg Hill Show, brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. And he joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. I believe packing his luggage and ready to head to Fort Myers, but not oh. there yet. Hello, Bradfo.
1: Oh, let's go baseball.
0: <laughs> when do you When do you head south?
1: Uh Friday. Friday okay. I head south. Yes. It's it's uh I love the smell of the green grass, the throwing of the baseball, uh-huh. the crack of the bat. Yeah, as, as you do, Greg. I mean, I know that there's nothing. It's like you fall asleep to those sounds, uh, of right? Correct?
0: Do. Uh, nothing I, and by the way, on the radio 10 times better than uh streaming it. Oh, on, on, are you television. kidding me? Are you kidding I, me? Um so like the rest apparently like the rest of the Boston media, you're still here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so I, you,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe but like, listen, listen. It's it's a long spring and uh, and I pl- and I plan to dominate both FM and AM radio on the uh, on the broadcast. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. With it's, it's it's a marathon not a sprint. So I don't need to be there right now.
0: Uh, there was a lot of a lot of discussion I saw yesterday on the on the social media's about the fact that the Red Sox were getting underway with spring training and there was one television station there and a couple print outlets. But I, I believe they're they're waiting for, the, for, well, the, uh, for listen, the important stuff. When you when Greg Hill doesn't show up for truck day, you know that you have <laughs> some work to do. <laughs> so are you feeling optimistic about this upcoming season? Sure, you know isn't this, is, this is what this is supposed to be? The day after Valentine's Day, everyone's
1: optimistic about everything. Yeah. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sure, I guess.
0: Uh, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, I, listen, I, I think you know, I, I I'm curious. You're you know what you're talking about, so I'm curious about several things. I, first, yes. being first being Chris Sale, and and uh, a, you know how many how many starts. Can you get out of them? What's a good number? Is it twenty-five? And then, you know, is it is it twenty? And and then. Uh, what, how important is it that they do get those starts from Chris Sale? Well, first of
1: all, this is where I insert the bad like bike joke right now, falling off the bike, but friend of the show, Chris Sale, Chris always great when he comes on your show.
0: He is. He's excellent. I love uh, it. He's a good interview. What was the thing we did like, last so year? Was, uh, so was Cam Newton.
1: It's weird because Wiggy wanted to give Chris Sale a five-year $120 million <laughs> contract.
2: Uh, listen, the Red Sox already did
0: that.
1: I didn't have to do that. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think that Right now, sure, he's he's in good shape. He's throwing the baseball, but it's like a million different other things on this team, which is yeah, maybe, sure, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But you know, I think right now, as we sit here, yeah, it's it's Chris Sale saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things.
2: Brad, shouldn't when you start to look at uh, Chris Sale in the situation that he's in, and I've always said this, and I know it it comes down to the money. But doesn't he look like, in order to keep him healthy, that he should be a guy that should go to the bullpen?
1: No. I, I I like you personally, Wiggy. Mm-hmm. I respect your opinion, but but no, because you 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 have a guy who's used to pitching whatever once every four or five days, mm-hmm. or six days, every 120 days. I don't know what it is, but you know, you you have a guy who's ingrained that way. He's always been a starting pitching. You can manage it that way, and I, I don't hear where you're coming from, mm-hmm. Wiggy. But still, I just don't think that that's the avenue to take. And plus, you need to find some guys to pitch at the top of the rotation. You need to. Find find out if this guy, Chris Sale, can be the guy that we remember from a few years ago.
3: Bradfoe, when it comes to Trevor's story, he was telling media that best case scenario for him is a return in the second half of the season. Uh, is this a regret, if you're the Red Sox, that that this was the guy, that this was the guy you were kind of putting on a pedestal to everybody? Do you think it was a mistake?
0: I
1: think it's too early to say that. I think he's a good player when healthy. Obviously, he wasn't healthy last year, but he's he's going to be assuming that he comes back healthy. And by the way, so this procedure that he had, he is going to play this year. I mean, I really think he's going to play this year. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing in August because it's the same procedure Rich Hill had, and this is a guy who had it I think three years ago, and he's still pitching right now. It, It actually works and if you get that guy and you get the guy back on the field healthy when he's on the field he, he was good i mean that's fine he's a valuable player is he a star player probably not is he paid like a star player unfortunately yes but still he is a useful guy on this team and a guy honestly if they want to do anything they're going to need by the end of the year
0: but but opening day it's i mean is it <laughs> is it most likely to be Kike Hernandez i mean i I, I think it's nice that a guy says he's always wanted to play. It's been his dream to play shortstop. Is, uh, it's, is that, is that was, the solution? You know what? That- it
1: was always my dream to pitch at Fenway Park until the media <laughs> game when I was throwing 40-mile-an-hour straight balls and getting hit by fat sports writers. um <laughs> But I, I think that uh, I, I think that, that Kike is, defensively, he's great. He's absolutely great. I think no matter where he plays, he's going to be great. Shortstop, second base, center field. But he has to show that he has to hit consistently. And you're right. I mean, this is, I hate to keep coming back to it. It's like, yeah, there is, across the board with this team, there are so many, yeah, this could work out. But the problem is. They're all is,
0: question marks. Right. Though. You don't have. It's, and so
1: this is the biggest difference in 2013. 2013, you won the World Series. You got all these guys, these complimentary guys, and everyone said, oh, look, they did it that way. Yeah, you had Ortiz. You had Ellsbury. You had Pedroia. You had Lester. You had all these guys. Right now, you have Rafael Devers and a bunch of maybes. And a bunch and of and question marks. Right, exactly. So I mean, that's the problem. Yeah,
0: right field, is that Verdugo? I mean,
2: like what? Is, like, what? Verdugo's left, right? Will no, he still be there? They're, they're going to move. No, yeah. Really? Yoshida's
1: yeah. moving. To the left. Mm. Yeah, so you you have Duval guy coming off wrist surgery. Like here's the thing, it's intriguing because you have these guys who have a bunch of potential, but if you're going to say who are you going to pick in this division? How can you pick them in the division right now? You can't because you can't just say maybe sure that's going to happen, that's going to happen, but it, it is sort of intriguing where a lot of these guys will land. I mean, I guess
2: there's that. Brad, when you talk about potential, right? I, I, I... And you start to look at the roster. Isn't the most important part of it is the pitching potential? And I I remove Chris Sale because I think that the, you know if you're expecting him to do anything, you, you know you're smoking some good stuff. But when you start to look at guys like Brian Baio and you start to you know whether it's a Tanner a Hawk situation, aren't you? What the, are the expectations for those guys? And aren't those the ones that really determine how? far this team goes? Because isn't it really about pitching more so than hitting?
1: Yeah, I think it's across the board. And by the way, Tanner Hawk, is he related to Tony Hawk? No? <laughs> yep, they love the half-pipe. They, they love the half-pipe. I love it. They, like me, they love the flat-brim
0: hats.
2: I'll oh, let uh, you know we have the fourth-best accent in the world with spot.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank he can, you.
0: He can always blame it on the bus. And They're Wiki guys. loves the
3: full-pipes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stop tape. Um, so I, I think that, once again, you have a rotation, which is you have Sale, you have Whitlock, you have Bayo, you have Pavetta, you have Paxson. All right, great you know, you, there is potential there, but there was potential back in 2015 when John Farrell got up there and said, we have five aces and that didn't work out. (laughs) So, so you have, you have the, I think the undeniably the bullpen is going to be better. That's the one thing that we say, yes, the bullpen is going to be better. You have the very tall Kenley Jansen, assuming that he can pitch faster than he ever has pitched before. Thanks to the pitch clock, but you have a better bullpen that we know. Everything else it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting spring training to figure out, like, who is actually going to emerge. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I feel like you're getting what, what the Bloom philosophy is, which is you have one superstar and then you have a bunch of question marks. So, well, right?
1: yeah, but, but here's the problem is that you, you can do that in Tampa when you have this wave of, of prospects coming up one arm after another, after another, after another. You don't have that here. You need to you need to pay for some certainty at some point. You need to get some certainty at some point. And right now they don't have that certainty.
3: So Brad Foe, Bayo, the prospects you've mentioned were not selected by Heim Bloom. The mm. baseball America, I think, the uh, Keith Law, which I read, you know, every year I can't Oh, wait I for know that. you do. I it's, know you do. Keith is just a real he's a revelation. It's a it's
1: a, it's a segment on
3: Saturdays, so oh, isn't it now? No. Every day. I I mean every Saturday morning, Ken and I talk about it during breaks, not on the air but um <laughs> 26th in baseball, I believe, is what the Red Sox farm system was. What has Bloom done to prove he's any good at this?
1: Well, this is the make or break year. He hasn't proven that he's good at it. I mean, he's he's proven that there's there's some parts of it that would show some hope. You look at back in 2021, what they did there. I mean, you've got to give him some credit for that. But everything is based on these guys coming up. Everything is based on... I hate to say put it on one guy, but Marcelo Meyer is such an important part of this, and that was Hein Bloom's star. That was the guy who was going to be the foundation guy. The reason Bogarts isn't here. Right. Well, a big reason, right? And, and, and he, unfortunately for him, they will never say this, but everything revolves around this guy, or a lot revolves around this guy. And so when you come back to the Bloom conversation, this year, Chris, is absolutely make or break. Now, I don't think it's make or break in the eyes of John Henry and Tom Werner for Heim Bloom, but in terms of the perception of how Heim Bloom wants to do things, this is the year where either you do it right, either it works the right way, or it doesn't.
0: One thing he's good at is talking over a cacophony of booze <laughs> and saying bats, bets, bets. bats, bats, bats. Bats. Yes, bats. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Curtis, you should bring up your lead this one. Oh yeah, yeah so, let's go. Uh,
3: so you and Drellick are obviously your bigger rivals these days than Red Sox and Yankees. Oh my goodness. So this book, your your uh, your first bet, your first great hire, Ken Laird, and I disagree strongly about where, basically, from my perspective. It further taints the 2018 title. I don't know how you can read what's been excerpted. I haven't read the full book. Shaughnessy (laughs) has a part today from page 277 where the Red Sox were the best team in the history of the World Series at knowing what pitches were coming since 1903. 236 pennant winners. The Red Sox were the best. How can Alex Cora continue to sort of answer the questions that he has – in a very defensive way, bringing up his family, and how has this in any way tainted your view of the 2018 season? First of all, I will give you five dollars if you read that entire book, Curtis. I mean, it's <laughs> like uh, this, this,
1: you read—you can't get through a Drellic article. Never mind a book. I get so, flashbacks. Is, is there an audio?
0: Is there an audio version? Like you—you I
1: mean, you won't even be able to get through that. So well, maybe David Ortiz could do an audio version. Uh, listen, this is all precursor to of uh, the Joe Kelly book, anyway. So uh, so. What I would say to this is that you go back to 2018 and you just ask, like, how did Alex Cora survive this? It's easy. You just keep doing what you do because, like it or not, it was, whatever, five years ago. And it's, it's, it's fine to bring up now, and I think Evan did a good job of sort of reporting on the story and surfacing this stuff. But still, it is a very real game plan for Alex Cora. This is going to come and it's going to go. The season's going to begin. And you can say what you want about 2018 or 2017. It's really not going to matter because it's about the here and the now. Now, in 2018, I think that a lot of teams were doing the wrong thing, not to the level of the Astros, but I remember at the end of April where the the Red Sox started giving signs with nobody on base. And I said, why are you guys doing this? He's like, because everyone's cheating. And so we knew that this was going on. I will say this about the postseason, 2018, that walking around every corner, remember, Chris, I don't know if you remember, remember this. Danny Picard actually was the first to surface this, right. this, this, this thing about like somebody's cheating. In 2018, in that playoff run, you could not take a corner in the clubhouse in a hallway without seeing an MLB official around. They were on to whatever what was going on. That's I can only go with what I see and what I know, so that's what I would say.
3: And the other thing is, I hear that's I, you're right on all that. I I I understand your point of view. I just will never accept it because I don't I don't believe in coincidences like that. However. You said that this is a make or break year for Heim Bloom. Don't you think it's somewhat of a make or break year for Alex Cora? Because we really have to judge him as we judged Belichick post Spygate. And if they're, you know, 70 and 92, uh, does he continue to get a free pass around here?
1: Well, I don't think. I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think it's as much of a make or break for, for Alex Cora as Heim Bloom because what will happen is like, well, do you have the players, right? Do you have the players to actually get the job done? And in terms of how it is affected by what comes out in the book or what happened that we knew before, well, when they were going through last year and struggling and having a bad year, we already knew about most of this stuff in the book right we already knew on the surface level what was happening and no one was very few people were saying oh look alex core doesn't know how to manage uh, because he's he's not able to do this other stuff so to answer the question like i don't think that has anything to do with how the core is going to be judged and i do think that bloom is going to be judged harsher because ba- you need the players you flat out just, you need the players
0: yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, there's uh, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of clouds hanging overhead. Uh, however, well, can I can I let me let me bright, brighten your day a little
1: bit? Yes. I I had a message from your good friend Jonathan Papelbon. He wanted to do something for the show. Yeah. right?
0: Uh, yes, I want him to. I want. Okay. I, I want him to be a regular on the program.
1: Well, okay. So <laughs> he's a regular on the baseballs and boring podcast. And he said, so you know the grunt kick kick of destiny on yes. Fanduel. Yes. yes. So Pap wants to do the pitch of destiny. Okay where he says he can throw it over 89.9 miles an hour on March 27th. Oh. So so, uh, okay. and obviously he would love your show to be part of that. Okay, so, wow. we'll do it.
0: Can we can we tie the foundation in in some way, shape, or form? Sure.
1: Fan duel, absolutely. The foundation, okay. absolutely. Let's do it. And All I right. have a
3: question. Can we have Papelbon call in in the final segment of every day just to say, like, a few words to close us out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, 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 we can make that magic happen. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Isn't he
2: sacrificing chickens, down yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever
0: it takes, Wiggy. Whatever I, uh, it takes. I,
2: I, I hear One, you. We
0: don't have to, do we have to play shipping up to Boston? I mean, I love the drop kicks. No. But I've, I've well, you, you once that. famously had them drive all the way here just
3: not to perform. All
0: right, Bradfolk, can't wait to talk to you from Fort Myers next week. All right, all right. guys, thank right, you. There he is, Rob Bradford.